Hey, what's going on? It's Quinn David Furness. Welcome to my show. Quinn David Furness presents the Beantown Podcast for Friday, February 10th, 2023. What's going on? What's happening? How are you? My name is Quinn David Furness. I am the host of this show, the second unit line manager, the production assistant, uh, wardrobe, uh, costumes, makeup, all that good stuff. Speaking of makeup, I think we're uh, the the episode five of The Last of Us is dropping tonight to avoid competition with the Super Bowl. Although I heard HBO is releasing it or, or airing it during its normal Sunday night time slot as well, so they're they're doing a little double dip here. But there's some good makeup in that show, and you know, they got the people with the fungi face and stuff, and it's pretty crazy. Just open YouTube, saw this was happening. Wow, well, well, welcome in. Uh, thanks for being here on the show. Yeah, we're on YouTube, so if you're listening. Uh, you can find us Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Player FM, wherever you go. You can also check us out on YouTube, uh, Beantown Podcast, Quinn David Furness. This is our Valentine's Day special for year six of the Beantown Podcast. We've been through a lot of Valentine's Days, and I'm excited for this one. I'll tell you right at the top of the show here, we've got some uh, game show stuff we got to check in on. We've got a poem that I wrote 15 minutes before we went live here. We have got some heart-related trivia on the show. And uh, most importantly, since Dry January is over, we've got a a crafted cocktail here. If you can't see it, uh, you're not watching, you're going to want to go over to the YouTube channel, check it out. The the goal here is to guess what Quinn is drinking just from looking at it. Uh, I'll describe it to you on the uh, the audio stream here. It's it basically looks like if you woke up after drinking a lot, you hadn't had water in eighteen hours, and you took your first kind of tinkle in the toilet. That's sort of the color we're working with here, kind of a a, a clearish brown, if you will. Uh, it's it's uh, in a high ball and it's I'm I'm playing around with it. Uh, we got the listener engagement. Thank you, saying amaretto sour whiskey sour. It's probably pretty close to a whiskey sour. Yeah, I I could have created my own new brand new drink here, or I could have created something that's been around since the Stone Age. I don't know. Basically, I poured some whiskey in there, Canada Club. And then I topped it off with a little bit of lime juice and some uh, carbonated water from the soda stream. And I haven't, I I haven't given it a taste. I've never made something like this before. As as you all are well aware on this show, we usually just drink our whiskey straight with an ice cube. So I thought I would get a little bit creative here and see how it tastes. It smells like whiskey. Mm. All right, pretty shitty. Is there? <laughs> Sir, FCC fines coming in. I knew in the back of my head, I was like, Quinster, you gotta, you gotta give your listener discretion is advised here, especially for you know a NSFW eighteen plus, very explicit kind of love Valentine's show. Uh, so I'll, I'll mention here, listener discretion is advised when you're listening to the Beantown podcast. Number one, we'll occasionally some language. Number two, this podcast is objectively terrible. And here is the problem with what what I what I made. I can diagnose it real quick too much water and the water wasn't carbonated enough. I, I, I really needed to, you know, send it into overtime, overdrive, and I didn't. So what we're really getting, and it's not quite as cold as it should be. I should have two ice cubes in there. Getting is kind of just like watered down 
whiskey with a little bit of lime, but I probably need more lime and not quite as cold as it should be. So we're off we're off to a hot start. You, you get the bubbles a little bit here, but definitely not as crisp. That's what I was really envisioning as I was crafting this 30 seconds before we went live on air. I was really envisioning a kind of a cold, crisp sort of deal with a nice little lime aftertone. I, I'm sure the, the cheap-ass Canada Club whiskey isn't helping either. Maybe it will be different if I raise a pinky. Let's, let's go in for sip two, sip, sip, two. sip two here. Check one, check two. Probably one of the worst things I've ever made. And that's up. You know, I don't really make cocktails, but in terms of its competition, we're talking honeycomb bread. We're talking uh, undercooked tilapia, which is actually going to come up a little bit later on in the show here. Of course, it's Valentine's Day. I want to, before we jump into it, and I do not intend on making this uh, a long, draw, drawn-out thing. I know that's kind of the uh, recurring joke here among many on the Beantown Podcast. However, um, long, long work week, man. I don't know. I'm not going to get into it, but just... Just a lot of things going on. Today wasn't too bad overall. I mean, good spirits. The weather is a little bit nicer. But frankly, I just want to be done. I want to put my feet up, turn on my Jeopardy, turn on my Wheel of Fortune, make some supper, have a glass of wine, and we'll be talking game shows in a second here. But I'm looking at like a 30-minute stream uh, is is my goal here. I got I got it all written down on my notes app. We got our poem coming up we're going to read, uh, which is also, if you want to jump the gun, it has now been published uh, on beantownpodcast.com, the Beantown blog. So if you want to go to beantownpodcast.com slash beantown-blog, you'll be able to find it. I want to say hello to my friends in Pakistan. It is uh, you know, good to see you. I hope you're doing well. I, there's been a lot of earthquakes over that way. I don't know if they got as far east as, as Pakistan lately. Uh, and then speaking of you know, world news, the big news today in the U.S. was the uh, the fighter jets shooting down the object that, what did they say? It was like the size of a car or something. I'm on the liberal left CNN.com right here. Uh, media, they shot it down over the coast of Alaska. I think it was 40,000 feet in the air just days after this whole China, uh, bubble boy thing happened. Um, and then the other lead story in CNN.com right now is George Santos may have just been caught in another lie this time by Kirsten Cinema. We just talked, we talked about George Santos on the show a couple uh, weeks ago when we talked about Cinemia uh, in our Movie Pass blog. If you missed that, beantownpodcast.com slash beantown dash blog, we did an ode to Movie Pass. You're going to want to check that out. But the reason I mentioned that story is because, and I don't really know Kirsten Cinema at all, but they chose a picture where they look almost identical. It's spooky. Is George Santos Kirsten Cinema? In you know, between the China bubble boy and the FBI raiding Mike Pence's house today and Joe Biden's State of the Union speech, nothing would surprise me. And I want to do a very quick segment, an unplanned segment here, before we uh, before we get into it all, called called Beantown uh, Looks Back, which the older this show gets, I feel like we're really going to have to make that more of a thing and probably come up with a snappier title. But I was reminded earlier this week, as uh, Sleepy Joe was doing his um, his State of the Union, it reminded me that I did my own State of the Union address, the State of the Podcast, rather, live from my kitchen, actually. If you're curious, State of the Podcast 2019, 46 views four years ago, so not too bad. Uh, it might have been a, one of our uh, original Beantown um, 
unplugged episodes, which we did like six or seven of in the first two or three years and then just haven't gotten back into it yet. Uh, three likes on YouTube, three comments, not bad. <laughs> uh, it's got the tiger blanket in it. It's got uh, actually a, a kind of a red checkered, what almost is like a picnic blanket um, that I think is some sort of nice blanket or something from my mom. I'm not sure. We actually had it on the bed during the cold spell as our extra quilt, but it's uh, particularly scratchy and frankly, um, uh, you know, it's nice and heavy and stuff, but you don't want that to come in contact with your skin. You'll be itching all night. Uh, that was the backdrop of my state of the podcast back in, I think it was like 20, oh, I was living in Baltimore. So it was like 2018, probably year one of the show. Maybe I'm not sure. Maybe year two. Anyway, I wanted to, uh, first, first of all, before we talk game shows, I wanted to thank uh, my lovely um, GF Rachel, who I'm going to dedicate a poem to in a couple minutes here, for coming on the show last week. It was one of our most uh, well-appreciated, well-listened-to shows. We really brought in that kind of Southwest Suburbs white Catholic demographic that we've been going after for years on this program. Thank you to Rachel for coming on. Her uh, book review was fantastic. Her breakdown of The Bachelor was great. And, uh, yeah, there was another Bachelor episode this week, and another Real Housewives of Potomac. Rachel is in the other room doing a workout right now, so we're not going to get those breakdowns, but it's okay. We'll be back next week. That's the beauty of the Beantown podcast. You say, well, Quinn, you you didn't talk about this, or you said you're going to chat about it. We didn't hear about it. When will we ever get the opportunity again to hear from you? And I tell you, Next week. Why? Because we do a show every single goddamn week on the Bean Town Podcast. 200, we're at like 265 right now, 265 weeks running. There you go. Uh, okay, now, so for those of you who know us, you know that I watch, um, and this has become a habit in the last probably like year and a half or so, but I will watch Jeopardy and Wheel of Fortune every single day pretty much without fail and usually do back to back. I go Jeopardy first so I can really exercise my my brain cells and then I kinda just coast with Wheel of Fortune. I actually saw on Reddit the other day someone said that they do the opposite order. Um they kinda get the Wheel of Fortune out of the way early while they're cooking dinner or something like that. And then switch to Jeopardy. Um, I don't like to watch either while I'm cooking dinner because if I'm cooking dinner, my focus needs to be on the cooking. And Wheel of Fortune is just one of those games where if you're not actually watching and you're just listening, I understand sort of the comfort aspect of it. But it's you, you can't solve a puzzle, frankly, when you're not looking at the screen. I was watching, this is not really a big point or anything, but just an idea for the execs over there in uh, Studio City, Burbank, wherever they shoot that show, and whoever owns it, I don't know who owns or runs Wheel of Fortune, if it's like Sony Pictures or something like that. Cutthroat Wheel of Fortune. And really, it, we could you know we could do a whole podcast on this and expand on this idea because there's a million things you can do with Wheel of Fortune. But one very simple twist, very simple change that I would like to see if you're, you're missing the YouTube stream on doing this cool hand motion that I think we could integrate into you know, NFL officiating maybe somehow. I don't, I don't know. Sort of a twist action. It's all in my wrist. A wrist twist. Basically, so when you win in Wheel of Fortune, you get to go to the bonus round, and it's you have nothing to lose, which is the key phrase. You go to the bonus round, you spin the cool wheel, you get any sort of prize, 40000 you know, a car, fifty grand, 100 grand, whatever. Here's my twist. Some of you uh, keen observers might know where I'm going with this. 
when you win in Wheel of Fortune, you have to decide. The prizes are all the same. You have to decide I'm going if I'm going to keep what I won in the regular play and just not play this bo- the bonus round, or if I am going to play the bonus round, see what happens, and if you lose, you go home empty-handed. Now, there is an idea for you, and I think, you know, to make it more tantalizing, T-A-N-T-A-L-I-Z-I-N-G, you could maybe get one extra consonant. So you have R-S-T-L-N-E, and then instead of calling three consonants in a vowel, you would get four consonants in a vowel. Or let's do, let's say this to even up the ante a little bit more, push them to the edge, right? You, you get your three consonants and a vowel and then one more letter. It can be whatever letter you want, consonant, vowel, uh, Greek letter, whatever you want. There is my idea for Wheel of Fortune. So it'd be interesting because it's like, it depends on the person who wins, obviously, and what their financial situation is. But then sometimes you'll see some real low winners too. Uh, oftentimes, because they count the trips cash value towards your total amount, you'll see people who win Wheel of Fortune all the time who like won the prize puzzle and get like a toss up, and that's it. So they'll they'll win with like ten thousand dollars will be the high score. Uh, but in reality, it's an eight thousand dollar trip and two thousand dollars cash, which after tax, and you get tax for the trip as well. So that comes out of your two grand. You're probably walking away with a nice trip, and like. I don't know, what, 1200 bucks, something like that, which is cool. Like, yeah, I would love a nice trip in $1,200, but it's sort of like $1,200 in hand, a five-day awesome experience, or I could really exercise my, uh, my, I could push my luck here and I could try to win 50 grand all cash, you know, and then after taxes, whatever that is, you know, 30, 38 grand, something like that. 38 grand cash in hand versus 1200 and a nice trip for five days. I know it's a, it's a sure thing, the trip and everything, but I don't know. Like that's a, that's a tough call. Now it obviously gets tougher and tougher. If you got someone who walks away with like 25 grand all cash, it's still, you know, it's still like, Oh, I might try to double, double up. It's, it's truly double or nothing. I think we, so we would add the extra letter. We would, uh, up the up the annies with the prizes a little bit because I feel like ninety nine percent of the prizes on that wheel are just the the baseline forty grand which is great don't get me wrong but I don't know I I think you know Wheel of Fortune if you're listening if you're a longtime fan of the show make this a primetime tournament or something it could be fun it's it's basically like Wheel of Fortune but with a little bit of let's make a deal thrown in I would enjoy that. The other game show anecdote I wanted to mention was a really bizarre thing that happened on Jeopardy yesterday, and I can't dedicate the time nor the space, and no one has the interest to really dig into it all the way, but essentially what happened was it was the very end of the game, end of the double Jeopardy round, there were like three or four clues left on the board. There was one daily double left, and it was a very close match at the top between the top two players. And the person, the lady who ended up winning, um, so it didn't hurt her in the end, but she had control of the board. She was answering clues correctly. There was a bunch of 400s left and a 2,000 left. And the Daily Double can only be behind the 2,000 because Daily Doubles can't be behind a 400. So they knew exactly that, you know, that $2,000 clue in chemistry, mind you. So look, I get it. Like if you're not into chemistry and it's a, you know, it's a 2,000 uh, value clue, so it's going to be extremely difficult. I get it. It's like 
yeah, I don't really want to deal with that. But you're at that late of the game. You know, this lady's winning by like 800 bucks, and she keeps avoiding it, avoiding it, avoiding it. And what ended up happening was the guy who was the one day returning champ um, also was they were both avoiding it. And he ended up getting it just because it was the last clue on the board, I think. And then he got it right in that he ended up going into being in the lead, going into final jeopardy. But it's and, and then he didn't get it. The lady got it. She won whatever happy ending for her. But I just can't. I was telling Rachel this as we were watching it. Like, look. I wouldn't be jazzed about finding a $2,000 level daily double in, in chemistry. And I didn't know it. Okay. Let's be, let's be upfront about that. Something with rare earth metals. I don't know, but it's like you, how can you get that far and then be in that position and just be like, no, I don't want the daily double. Like those are the lifeblood of the game. If you don't feel good about it, then risk a hundred dollars, but you can't, Lee, I can't, I, this is what I said. I can't imagine getting all the way to Jeopardy once in a lifetime opportunity and playing to lose, or I guess more accurately playing not to win, like playing to not go for that chance. You can, you know, you can bet it all, get it wrong, get it right, whatever. Or you can bet like five bucks if you want, which people have done on daily doubles in the past, but just don't, you got to take control as Al Yankovic would say, grab life by the lips and just yank. Excuse me which is really kind of a play on his own last name. But I just don't understand getting that far to Jeopardy and knowing there's a daily double in there. Yeah, you play to win the game. Thank you, YouTube. And uh, I don't know if your gross was about my my burp or the gameplay, but I'm just going to assume both. Yeah, I just I can't imagine getting that far and be like, you know what, I'm not, not really going to do a daily double today. So I don't know. We got, we got her... Uh, the lady who won last night, kind of a young lady. We got her queued up for tonight, so we'll see how she does. It was, it's maybe, and I think that there was another person who won. There was an older lady who won once last week, and I don't remember if she was the first or if she was the second one recently to do it. But a couple weeks ago, when a female won on Jeopardy, it was the first win by female, and I think the the stretch I saw was seventy four games, something like that. So now we have a second one, or maybe a third. I can't remember if there's been two or three, but um, you know, good for the ladies, ladies' night on Jeopardy, if you will, getting in on the action. Okay, that's all for uh, game shows here. I wanted to just mention something that's I don't think has ever happened to me, and we're not going to dive into it. I just want to throw it out there, and this will be our our Beantown podcast call to action email. Uh, call to action of the week. And I just remember something else I got to mention and plug. But first and foremost, I had something you've probably never heard of before, or maybe you have experienced. I don't know. Email us and tell us. I had a boring dream this past week. It was like Tuesday night or something. Boring dreams, actually, except I kept going back to sleep and they kept popping back up in my dreams. I don't know. You know, it's one of those things where if I had written it down right when I woke up, I could tell you exactly what it was, but it'd be kind of nonsensical and not really humorous. But I had a boring dream. I'm sitting there lying there unconscious, just bored to tears. I don't know if someone incepted me, one of my enemies, but there instead of, you know, like, let's, let's get him to sell his father's company like they did to Killen Murphy. They were like, well, we really just want Quinn to feel bored. I don't know. I don't know what happened there. 
But that's really all there is to say about it. There's not really anything else. I was just, I had boring dreams, which usually it's like, oh, you're, you're falling, you wake up in a cold sweat, or, you know, uh, you know, it's Nicole Scherzinger, and it's just the two of you. And I'm not going to go down that path. I don't even really know who that is. I think she, was she a Spice Girl? I don't, she's a singer or something. Um, I had a boring dream. So that's that. And the one thing I wanted to plug here, then we're going to just quickly say thank you to our sponsors. They're going to fin- we will finish up with our poem and our heart trivia because I promised you a tight 30, and I'm, I'm very passionate about that today. Uh, we have uh, set the date, which I think we mentioned last week, but we have set the date for our sixth annual Beantown Podcast Pledge Drive Telethon fundraiser. I know we were talking about it last week because we talked about Jerry uh, Lewis and Jerry Lee Lewis, but it's going to be uh, Sunday this year, the last Sunday of the month, which I believe is the 26th of February. I don't know if I set an exact time yet, but let's just say 2 p.m., okay, for shits and giggles. The GoFundMe is live, and I'm going to be going into an aggressive campaign um, this week and next week to get those donations in. We've got our, our donor tiers are out there. They're live. You can check them out. Our stickers arrived in the mail last week. We have Beantown Podcast stickers for the first time ever. So there's a lot of exciting things happening. As a reminder, we raise money every year to cover the operating costs of this show. In turn, I donate everything I receive dollar for dollar to a local charity, uh, this time around the United Way of Metro Chicago. So you're doing the math. You're thinking, well, gosh, Quinn, this is really out of the kindness of your own heart. You're not actually making uh, – you're you're actually basically losing money on this, aren't you? Because you paid the operation costs, the donors cover those operation costs, and then you in turn donate all of that to charity. So you're doing the math. You're thinking, oh, gosh, Quinn, you're you're getting boned on this. And I say it doesn't matter. It's for the show. It's for charity. Uh, it's so that we can laugh, but more importantly, the United Way of Metro Chicago uh, can operate uh, for the kids and for uh, those of us in our community who can benefit from their services and programming. So that's going to be a great time. We'll have phone lines open. You're going to want to call. I was doing a little brainstorming today when I was at the piano thinking of fun things we could do that are music related for the show, uh, like Quinn doesn't stop playing for 24 hours or something like that. I don't know. We'll see how Rachel feels about it. But that's something to look forward to. So mark your calendars. It's going to be two weeks from this Sunday. Speaking of Sundays, one other thing I have to say right here before we just say thank you to our sponsors, not doing full ad reads. Um, I just have to pick the Super Bowl, right? I have to actually go on record. Uh, well, I don't have to, but I'm going to, and just say what I think is going to happen. And I could pontificate about this for a long time and kind of give you what I'm thinking, but I'm not going to just ever so briefly, I keep going back and forth in my head, like, are the Eagles finally going to get exposed? Not that I think they're frauds, but they just cakewalked their way uh, to the Super Bowl. I mean, look, they earned the number one seed. Good for them. But in the playoffs, they got to play Daniel Jones at home, which you're saying, well, Quinn, what happened to the Vikings when they played Daniel Jones at home? Well, the Eagles actually have a competent defense, an amazing defense, but at baseline, a competent defense, which really helps. And then they got to play uh, Christian McCaffrey at quarterback uh, for the 49ers. That's what they did uh, to get to the Super Bowl. Not taking any, anything away from them. I'm just saying they weren't tested. Um, 
it's a it's a judgment call when you get a call from someone who you think is watching. I guess you know I I said we're gonna keep, gonna keep it to a, a tight thirty. Let's we'll keep this call under ninety seconds. We'll see what happens. Uh, they're coming live on air, so they know what they're getting themselves into. Hey, what's going on? You got a Super Bowl pick for the show? Whoa, it's on such a lag. I just wanted to call and see if you would chat me out. Oh my gosh, I'm on the microphone. <laughs> Yeah, this is uh, sister-in-law of the podcast, one of many, uh, Kelly. Are you going to make your official Super Bowl pick, or what's going on? Yeah, I really want the Bears to win this year. I think this is their year. Yeah. Anything else? Because I promised the fans Um, we'd do a tight 30. How many more minutes do you need? Five. Well, I I haven't even done my poem yet, or my trivia. Okay, read your Rachel's home, and I'll watch you from YouTube. Okay, have you guys got started season two of The Wire yet? Um, yeah, we're like episode on episode five, I think. Whoa, you're almost halfway. Sounds insane. Do you like uh, Frank Sabatka? Um, yeah, I can't really get a good read on him. I feel like I like him, and then I also don't like him. But that's kind of like a theme throughout the entire show. So, what about Stan Belichick? for the course i can't remember which one he is i really don't like that zippy guy zappy oh his uh ziggy. yeah sabaka jr yeah ziggy sucks yeah. and his cousin's weird too but he seems like he has a good heart ziggy ziggy is uh one of the least likable characters yeah yeah he's just horrible. well stan stan velchek is the old uh polish lieutenant who, who that's uh he gets into a, a war with frank sabaka over the stained glass window at the catholic church oh yeah they're talking about a lot of stained glass and i just mm-hmm. like cannot follow it's good stuff dude uh frank Velt or uh, stan velchek is all-time character so as is frank sabatka all right again we got to get back to this show this is live air okay go read your poem okay love you all right love you too bye-bye Bye. happy valentine's day um super bowl pick i just think even though Kansas City feels thin, right? I just think it's going to happen. So I'm going to take high-scoring game. Uh, I don't think there's going to be many field goals. I'm going to take Kansas City 38, Philadelphia 34. Kansas City goes ahead late. Philadelphia tries to come back. Jalen Hurts throws an interception. Okay, uh, shout-out to our sponsors. I want to say hello to Home Pride Oregon. Happy Valentine's Day. I want to say hello to... Cuts by Q, happy Valentine's Day. And then, of course, the Samson Q2U series from Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, the whole Pentateuch. When God speaks, he uses a Samson. All right, we got two things left on the show here. The whiskey uh, cocktail is not improving, if you're curious. We are going to... Oh, I forgot there's a third thing, too. Oh, oh dear. We're going to go past 30, but I'm going to move fast. Not... At the uh, sacri- not to sacrifice the integrity of the show, but I realized I had wanted to know. I was on the bike about two hours ago, and I wanted to know the origin of the heart shape that we all know and love, which is not what your anatomical heart looks like. I want to know, well, hey, what's the deal with that? Uh, and so I found a very brief article that I'm going to read live on air that I did not read, I did not vet. So we're going to see what's up, what's up with that. Um, first, let's read our poem. This is dedicated to anyone who's ever loved, more specifically, my lovely GF, Rachel. Uh, And I wrote this down furiously. 
uh, before we, we started streaming, and I hadn't proofread it, proof, proofreaded it. Uh, so we're just going to see what it is. It's not, you know, if I had a couple years to work on this, I think I could fine-tune it slightly. I'll be the first one to like this and the first one to reblog it. I don't actually know what happens if I reblog a post, so we're not going to do that. But again, this is live on air if you want to read along with us. Uh, BeantownPodcast.com slash Beantown-blog. It's titled, Love Is. Love is like a flower blossoming from a small seed into something big and beautiful. Love is like a bear hug, warm and welcoming and always soothing. Love is like Benjamin Button. It doesn't get old over time. Love is like money. The more you have of it, the better. Love is like the Old Testament, scary and violent sometimes, but a happy ending. And to be honest, I don't really know how the Old Testament ends. It's one of those minor prophets. I don't think there's a lot of fanfare. Uh, Love is like the Aral Sea. Dry and salty at times, but it's you, it used to be a key source of water for millions of Central Asians. Love is like this poem, often meandering and confusing, but you find a sense of comfort in it. Love is like the 1976 Tampa Bay Buccaneers, new to the world and full of losses and disappointment, but brimming with hope for the future. Love is like Evan Williams whiskey, which is not what I'm drinking right now, by the way. Cheap and throat-burning, but always there for you when nothing else is going your way, a.k.a. me, my sophomore year of college. Love is like the George Thorogood and the Delaware Destroyers, loud and cacophonous, but reassuring and gentle all at once. There's a typo in that one. i got to fix that later. Love is like the food poisoning I got from undercooked tilapia. I mentioned that would come back. In December of 2015, fishy and slimy at times, but still warm. Love is like the food poisoning I got from the Chinese restaurant on Sheridan in November of 2016, spicy and full of GMOs, and gone in an instant. That one was real fast. And uh, love is like the food poisoning I got in the Dominican Republic in June of 2021. Super scary. And finally here, love is a mystery. It is the Wild West. Almost finished uh, sidebar with uh, uh, Blood Meridian. I got two chapters left. Uh, It doesn't play by any of the rules. It's almost a great palindrome. Happy Valentine's Day from all of us at the Beantown Podcast. So there you go. Our live debut of Love Is. I don't know if we'll, you know, well, it's already been published, but maybe some sort of scientific journal or something. Um, I didn't ask Rachel, but it could be good to be read at the wedding. Instead of vows, we could alternate lines. Okay, here we go. And we're over 30. I apologize. I have two things left. This is from Tampa. Speaking of Tampa Bay Buccaneers, it's the Tampa Cardiovascular Associates website. And this article is titled, How the Heart Shape Got Its Name and Why It Looks Nothing Like the Human Heart. All right, this is from September 30th of 2020, when we all had a lot of free time on our hands. Uh, YouTube says, not to be confused with Bob Goff's Love Does. Not to be confused with that. I don't even know what that is. Uh, look it up later. If you did, Okay, here's our article here. If you didn't study anatomy at all, and I will mention, uh, shameless plug, you got an A in homeschool anatomy and physiology in 10th grade. So This article is not really for heart buffs like me, but I'll read it for the fans. If you didn't study anatomy at all, you might assume the heart shape such that we use, is badly written, it's worse than my poem, assume that the heart shape such that we use for Valentine's Day cards was what was at the core of our being. I picked a bad article. The muscular organ that runs our body in reality is not shaped much like the heart shape at all. 
So where did the Valentine's Day heart come from? The conventional heart symbol is used to express the idea of love or adoration. You know what? I'm going I'm to move past this bullshit here. I need the history. Here we go. Uh, the heart shape we all recognize and use originated back to an ancient plant known as the Silphium, S-I-L-P-H-I-U-M. It was a species of giant fennel grown on the North African coastline near the Greek city of Cyrene. C-Y-R-E-N-E. It was used as medicine, a flavoring spice, but more importantly as birth control. Because of this, it was linked with sex and, of course, love. There's also speculation of it being modeled after human anatomy of the breasts or buttocks, as well as that of water lily leaf or ivy. The first depiction known was in the 1250s. Oh, that's older than I would have thought. It showed up in a French romance called Roman de la Poix, meaning romance of the pear. But others question if that wasn't just an upside-down pair, dot, dot, dot. Medieval, medieval. I love when you add the extra, not really adding an extra syllable to medieval, but just really emphasizing it so it can be like six syllables, medieval. Uh, Art also showed some heart-like shapes in the early 1300s. The famous Italian painter Giotto did a uh, a painted depiction of charity in the Scorvinge Chapel, in which a heart is given to Jesus. This painting had a big impact on the use of uh, the shape of the heart going forward and representing the human emotional range and visual form, a big painting like Frank Sabatka. Uh, Interestingly, until the later 1400s, the heart was usually shown upside down. At the beginning of the 1500s, it flipped in images to the heart we see today point at the bottom. Um... The heart shape is used worldwide to represent love, emotion, and catering. It is widely... Caring is widely accepted as the link shape to the human heart, despite the anatomic uh, tr- differences. Tomical. Um, all right. Give Tampa Cardiovascular Associates a call at 813-975-2800. Uh, I was going to say my phone number ends in 2800, but that's not true. Uh, it, it doesn't. Uh, Tampa, TampaCardio.com. There you go. Okay, last thing here, and then we're done. Heart trivia. Well, I'm sticking to the promise I made to you all at the beginning of the year that we we're going to commit to trivia, uh, have it be an important part of our show. As always, you can email your excuse me guesses to Podcast at yahoo.com. Again, this Podcast at yahoo.com. But unlike a lot of those big-name podcasts, I don't make you, you know, wait the next week to you know reel you in uh for the trivia answer i just say pause now if you need more time to guess but otherwise i'm going to reveal the answer so here we go it is valentine's day so it is heart trivia and i actually wrote down um the question this time so i wouldn't just be rambling like a loser all right heart trivia here we go the animal heads are going to love this the zoologist will will feast on this all right, this class, and I use class loosely because I, I was doing some research on it, and I couldn't tell if it was like the official class, uh, you know, kingdom, phylum, class, order, family, genus, species. I don't think I've missed anything, did I? Kingdom, phylum, class, order, family, genus, species. Pretty good. Looks like uh, anatomy and physiology wasn't the only thing. Quinster got an A-N in high school. Okay, so I use it loosely because I don't know if it's an official class, but I don't think any anyone other than the zoo heads out there are really going to raise a fuss if it's wrong. This class 
of marine animals known for their muscular hydrostats. Muscular hydrostats. If you know what that means, it, was, it would be helpful. Um, are unique for having not one but three hearts. I'll give you a hint eventually, I promise. But this class of marine animals known for their muscular hydrostats are unique for having not one but three hearts. So your first uh, first hint here is that a muscular hydrostat is essentially something like your tongue, um, where it's some sort of like appendage isn't quite the right word, but something that's part of your body that doesn't have a skeletal structure, muscular, right, that is like used for some sort of function. Like your finger is not a muscular hydrostat because there's bones in there, but your tongue is. Um, and I don't know if humans really have like muscular hydrostats other than their tongue. But there are lots of those sorts of things in nature. So there's hint one. Hint two, this might help you out. So again, we're looking for the class. The Nautilus, one of my favorite animals, is part of this animal group. Group is really the best word for it because I don't know if it's an official class. So again, the Nautilus is part of this animal group. And the, your final, uh, or no, that's, that's it for your, your hints. Uh, you get, you do get a bonus point if we're keeping track of year-long, year-six trivia answers, which could be fun, but uh, not actually going to do it. Your bonus point is if you can spell the answer correctly, which I don't think is terribly difficult, but you, you probably have to make like one judgment call on a vowel in the middle. Uh, we'll see how it goes. Okay, so pause if you want more time to ruminate, elaborate, etc. The answer to this, the uh, the class of marine animals known for their muscular hydrostats are unique for having not one but three hearts. Uh, we've got a YouTube guest. Their guest is mollusks. Not a bad guess. It's not what I was looking for, but if you want to pull out the you know the stats and the info to say, no, this is technically correct, I'm happy to uh, right my wrongs. The answer I was looking for was uh, cephalopods. Cephalopods. And for your bonus point here, we, uh, according to my research, we're going to spell it C-E-P-H-A-L-O-P-O-D, optional S if you want to make it plural. Cephalopods, things like squids, um, a mollusk might be part of a cephalopod. I don't think so. I think of cephalopods as like squids, octopus, uh, nautilus, of course. I think mollusks are probably related to like mussels and snails and clams probably, but I actually don't know. Um, I memorized the order of you know kingdom phylum class, whatever, but I didn't learn that much more about uh, marine biology in my high school biology class. I did take one intro to life science class bio 101 at rock valley college with a lab nailed it got an a there too Um, but again it was a lot of like chromosomes and meiosis and parts of the cell we didn't really get into the you know marine wildlife so much Uh, i shot for a tight 30 i totally forgot about uh, the origin of the human heart from our friends at tampa uh, cardiovascular But that's what I had for you. I want to thank everyone for listening. Thank you to YouTube for tuning in. It's good to see you. I decided to do a YouTube stream just so I could connect with you all uh, as we do our trivia, as we do our poem. I'm sure Rachel's just going to be watching that on repeat over and over and over and over again. Uh, But we just haven't gone live on video yet uh, at all this year, I don't think. So I just wanted to say hello, especially if you're in Pakistan. 
probably got a sunrise coming up real soon here. So that's pretty nice. Uh, that's what I got for you. Uh, we will uh, exit now. We will go enjoy our Friday night, have some wine, uh, maybe watch Last of Us, the fungal people, who knows. Uh, we'll see how, check in on uh, Bill and Ted, who were introduced last week. We'll see how they're doing. And uh, that's what we got. So I uh, hope all your wildest dreams come true. Thank you, YouTube. It's good to see you. And thanks thanks to our callers in uh, live on the air. Don't forget to save your minutes for uh, Sunday, February 26th, two weeks after the Super Bowl. Isn't it, you know, the, whoever shows the Super Bowl, they always like premiere a new show after the Super Bowl and they advertise the hell out of it. That's what we're doing with the Bean Town Podcast this year. It's not, you know, immediately after the Super Bowl, it's not, you know, uh, an hour after, you know, uh, you know, the, the show Super Bowl ends, but it's it's two weeks after the Super Bowl is really what we're promoting this time around. But that's okay. It's still within that window, I think. Uh, Bean Town Podcast sixth annual Pledge Drive Telethon fundraiser in honor of Jerry Lee Lewis. Okay. That's what I had for you, everyone. Thanks for tuning in. YouTube, uh, adios. Good to see you. We'll get our outro music going uh, from uh, the audio end of things, and that's what I have for you. So, YouTube, I will check you out later. Bye-bye. And uh, for all those you just listening to the audio, I don't think you missed that much from a visual perspective, but some good facial expressions towards the end, I think. So could be worth it just for that. That's what I got for you. Here come the Tishomingo Blues. Stay safe. Stay sane. I'll check in on you next time. Bye.